Amen. Amen. I want to call your attention to uh, the fourth chapter of the gospel recorded by Matthew, Matthew chapter four, and um, we'll be reading from verses 18 through 22, but we want to focus on verse number 19. And keep your Bibles open this morning. If you don't have a Bible, then make friends with someone with a Bible. Amen. Because this is the Word of God. Amen. This is not some philosophical subjectivism from somebody smoking some weed. This is the infallible and errant Word of God. Amen. This is God's Word. Amen. And I was telling my young people this morning in our class, read it daily. Amen. Read the word. A lot of people have stopped reading. The only word some people read is during the morning sermon. Amen. Start reading your Bible daily. Amen. Read. This is the word of God. Man. Amen. And I'm hooked on this book. Amen. What I love about the Christian faith is it's the only religion, and I use religion in a pejorative way that causes you to think. Amen. Amen. When you read, amen. I studied other religions, Hinduism, Buddhism, the Muslim faith. Uh-uh. But this faith causes you to think. Amen. Amen. All right, you got Matthew chapter 4. If you're struggling with Matthew, then you know you need to be. We need to lay hands on you after church. With any kind of all we can get. Amen. I Sometimes I get, I use any kind of all, hair all, any kind of all. Because if you can't find Matthew, amen. Well, bless the Lord, amen, amen, amen. Right here in the book, Matthew chapter 4 and verses 18 through 22. And I'm reading from uh, the King James Version. And your assignment for the rest of the summer is to be reading Matthew's chapter 5 through 7. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount. All right, let's read. And Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them, and, and they immediately left the boat and their father and followed him. Amen. Amen. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. The grass withereth, the flower, the flower fade away, but the word of our God shall stand forever. All fishermen, let me see your hands of fishermen. I know Reverend Cook is a fisherman. I, amen. All these fishermen, amen. Amen. I, I want to tag this text point one. I want to talk about fishers of men. No bait needed. Amen. Amen. Fishers of men, no bait needed. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Fishers of men, 
No bait needed. Dr. Tony Evans, a book out on kingdom disciples and and, and our, our pastoral staff is reading that book. Amen. All five of our pastoral staff is reading that book. I'm also looking for <laughs> Reverend uh, Clemens and two of our other pastoral pastors are out this morning. Dr. McCowan with the kids on the bus going to Missouri. Dr. Robertson is preaching at another fellowship this morning, but Dr. Tony Evans in his book, Kingdom Disciples, Heaven's Representative on Earth, Dr. Evans says this, a kingdom disciple can be defined as a believer in Christ who takes part in the spiritual developmental process of progressively learning to live all of life in submission to Jesus Christ. That's a kingdom disciples because we are a kingdom focused fellowship. Let me read again. Dr. Evans says a kingdom disciple can be defined as a believer in Christ who takes part in the spiritual developmental process of progressively learning to live all of life in submission to Jesus Christ. Thus, as you've heard me say so often in the past, St. James is a discipleship center, not a daycare center. Let me say that again. St. James is a discipleship center, not a uh, daycare center. We, we are here for more than just feeling good. And we ought to feel good. That's why I love hearing the choir sing and praise us, pray, dance, deacons, pray. Because we ought to come to make a joyful noise. But that's not the only reason why we are here. We are here because we are on a mission from God. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. In other words, we are purposely trying to develop you from membership to discipleship. That's our plan. Amen. That, that's our plan here for you. Everybody come through these doors. We're not here just to have a good time. And that's why I knew Reverend Mitchell, God has sent me here 25 years ago because this church reminded me of a Pentecostal church I grew up in. Keep your old dead religion. I don't need that. I want to be around some fire. Amen. Yes, sir. I want to be around some folk who love Jesus and don't be ashamed of saying hallelujah and bless his name. That's what, amen. That's what I knew. Amen. I couldn't. I told God, I'll go where you tell me to go, but I don't want to go to another stuck up bunch of black folk. Amen. Too cute to say something. Amen. And God done bless you from the projects, from the ghetto. Amen. And you come to his house all bougie. No, I can't, I can't handle that. No, y'all, I tell you. I want to be around some folk who just don't care. 
I know I'm blessed and I just don't care. Because I know who brought me. See, amen. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you, man. I know who brought me. Amen. I didn't go to some fortune teller. Some fortune teller didn't bring me. Jesus brought me. Amen. 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 And that's why we are disciples. Trying to develop you to become disciples of Christ. Yes, sir, man. Uh, 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 Jesus, in, in the context, when you read uh, uh, chapter 3, uh, uh, Matthew verse 17, we see the first glimpse of the Trinity. Because Jesus had been baptized by John the Baptist. And in verse 17, keep your Bible, I'm going to give you some more scripture. I'm going to read. And, and lo, a voice from heaven. And lo, a voice from heaven. See, some of y'all get that later. Amen. Heaven is a real place. That's why every believer's headed. That's where I'm headed. Amen. I hope I don't check out here today. I hope God give me another 30 or 40 years. But when I do check out, eyes know where eyes going. Amen. I'm going to heaven. Amen. 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 He said, this is my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. God, God, Jesus was baptized. And then notice as soon as Jesus was baptized, this, this uh, theophany, this, this orchestra of theophany of the holisticness of God. Then in chapter 4, Jesus led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Isn't that just how the devil worked? Anytime you have a high praise, get ready. The devil is coming. Amen. 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 Sometime before you get out of church, you done praise God, God touch you, and then sometime before you get out of church, some knucklehead will say something to you. Yeah. Like you gaining weight. <laughs> Ain't none of your business. <laughs> Lord, hey, amen. Or right. go outside and somebody leaning on your Mercedes, you know. <laughs> Just got through it. Or get out there on MLK and somebody flip you the bird. So I know that's not no Jaguar sign. That's, hey, that's the wrong finger. Amen. <laughs> Sure ain't no hook em horns, you know what I'm talking about. Because the devil knows anytime we have a high experience. Look, he took Jesus and tempted Jesus. You see, the devil is real, but the devil is defeated in the life of every believer. Amen. Amen. He's real. He, he's real. The devil is real. Uh, one of the created beings of God kicked out of heaven. Isaiah chapter 14, when he got lifted up in pride and tried to be more than, than God, but he's defeated in the life of every believer. Don't fool yourself. These people committing suicide. Some may have a, a chemical imbalance, but the others is demonic. The devil will drive you crazy. Amen. He'll depress you. He'll make you think God doesn't, don't love you. And will try to get you right now uh, from the last two this past week. Now they're saying that the suicide rate in America for teenagers and middle-aged people are now superseding car wrecks. More people are killing themselves than getting killed in car wrecks. That's the devil. And the devil will make you think there is no hope. The devil will make you think that God doesn't love you anymore. 
and uh, and uh, and uh, and uh, and in the secular world, try to uh, well maybe you know uh, no. It's, if a person don't have a chemical imbalance, it's the devil. See, a believer cannot be possessed, but a believer can be oppressed. See, amen. And if you are not careful, the devil will oppress you with stuff. Amen. And the devil, I want to tell you, the devil been defeated. Amen. Keep your Bible. Go to Revelations chapter 20. I'm going to show you the end of the devil. This fellow who raising all this saying, Revelations chapter 20. Let you see the end. Of the, see, the devil is defeated. He know where he's going. And he's trying to take everybody he can. Amen. Amen. So like some of those mad Cleveland flans. They lost and they, okay, no, I mean, amen. They just want to. They don't want to see nobody else celebrate. They just <laughs> old Laker fan. Just, they know they lost. They, amen. They didn't even make the playoff. Amen. Look at Revelations chapter 20. Look at the ultimate end of the devil. All right. And I saw an angel come down from heaven. There we go again. Having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand and he laid hold on the dragon the old serpent who is the devil and Satan and bound him a thousand years this is known as the thousand year millennial reign of Christ and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut it uh, shut him up and set a seal over him that he should not deceive the nations no more until the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loose for a, a little season. Amen. You read the rest there, you get on, man. Yeah, they were going to be in a pit. And then ultimately, he and the false prophet will be cast into the lake of fire. Amen. Satan knows where he's going and he's trying to take everybody he can to hell with him. And I know some of y'all been reading some of this stuff. Y'all buy from people coming around talking about there's no such thing as a hell. You better start asking the question, says who? (laughs) You better check the source of people saying that the Bible says there is a burning hell. And amen, amen. And so, and so Jesus calls us uh, from, uh, first of all, uh, the Sea of Galilee was about uh, 13 miles long uh, from north to south, about eight miles across, 699 feet below sea level. And, and if, when you read Luke's account, Luke never called it the Sea of Galilee. Luke always referred to the Lake of Gennesaret, uh, but again, there were three methods of fishing. And I know you fishermen know this. First of all, there was a method of fishing by line, throwing out a line. You know. There was also the, the, the method of fishing of casting a net. And that what John was doing. They were fishermen. They used a net. And then there was also the method of fishing with dragging a net behind the boat. They were fishermen. Throwing the line is one-on-one evangelism. Uh, casting a net is preaching. See, on Sunday morning, I cast a net. And we start pulling it in. See, we, amen. And, but you don't ever catch any clean fish. So, that's, <laughs> so we got some of everything in the net. Amen. 
<laughs> amen, amen. We throw a net on Sunday morning. Well, I'm not up here just preaching for the fun of it. I'm casting a net. Because somebody cast a net for me and pulled me in. Amen. And then, and then the drag net is street evangelism, man, media preaching. But man, Jesus noticed the people who he called, the fishermen he called. Now remember, Jesus called people who were already busy. God can't use no lazy folk. Some of y'all sitting around waiting. No, you'll never get used by God. You better start doing something. Amen. Amen. He, he called men who were fishing, already busy. Get busy. Tell your neighbor, get busy. Amen. You folk talking about I'm waiting on God. No, God waiting on you. Amen. Get busy. Start doing something. Ain't nothing but move a chair. Pick up a piece of paper. <laughs> Buy some Girl Scout cookie. Do something. Amen. It's, it's when you start moving. See. God uses us. I want to tell you, excuse for being personal, but my first church, I didn't wait till I got a big old mega church before I started preaching. I was preaching, I had 20 members. And I was glad for that 20. Thank you, Jesus. And I hope they paid me every other, other Sunday in cash. Because I was driving a 66 Ford Fairlane 500 289. And most of the time I had just enough gas to get to church. And I parked my car on the hill, keep the gas in the fuel pump. And as I'm preaching, I'm saying, I hope y'all pay me in cash. Cause doc, hey, 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 amen. But you got to be busy. Amen. Well, bless, bless the Lord. That's why. Amen. And, and they were, look at the men he called. He called men that were not of great scholarship uh, or influence or wealth or even social background. They were not poor. They were simple working people. And that's who God uses. God can use no big shot. See, that's, why God, that's why a lot of people uh, uh, get their education before they get their salvation and they think they know more than God. See, no, God can use, you know too much. See, God can't use you with your heavy self. You too heavy, you know. Amen. You, God can't use you because you think you know more than God. Now, God used the simple people, amen. That's why a lot of our foreparents, many of them, couldn't even read or write, but they believed the Bible, man. They, my dad had a third grade education. My mama had an eighth grade education, but they believed the, if God said it, and if there was anybody who should have been committing suicide, it was that generation who had to go to the back door who were boys and girls being drugged down the streets, being raped. Anybody ought to have committed suicide. It should have been them. But they got up Sunday after Sunday going to church singing, I know the Lord will make a way somehow. Amen. Yes, sir, man. <laughs> That's right, man. They believe God. They believe God. Amen. Well, they believe God. Amen. They, be, they believe God. And, and all the big shots, tell all the big shots, you know, God can't use you. He just used the simple and the humble. God can use. The first call is the call of salvation. And, and I'm just a call. The, the call to salvation. God calls us because when you read John chapter 1, verses 35 through 51, you, you read that when you get home, John. Uh, they had already met Jesus. John the Baptist was preaching. And John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God 
to take away the sins of the world. And then once Andrew saw him first, what did Andrew do when you read John chapter 1? Andrew went and got his brother, Peter. Who, who did you tell when you first met the Lord? Who, 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 who do you tell about what happened in your life? Who did you who did you text? Who did you FaceTime? Who did you uh, uh, tweet? Who did you because this news is too great a news to keep to yourself. And so when and when, so when Andrew saw he went guy Andrew was always getting somebody. John chapter six when they had that crowd of five thousand men beside women and children Andrew came to Jesus we got a lad here all he got is two fish five loaves he said make the men. Who are you bringing? I look around and see these empty seats at this church. Who are you bringing? Who are you inviting? Who who are you telling about Jesus? On my way to church this morning, stop getting me something to eat. Everywhere I stop, I ask folk, where you from? Where you go to church? I said, come over, come go to church with me. He, He calls, first of all, to salvation. Matthew chapter 1 verse 21 and the son of man she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. Luke 19 and 10 says for the son of man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. 2 Corinthians five seventeen said therefore if any man be in Christ. He is a new creature. All things are passing away. Behold, all things are become new. And the question that every man or woman, boy or girl must answer three questions. First of all, are you saved? Second question, who saved you? And thirdly, how did he do it? Amen. You see, that's why I live between. You see, you can be a member of a church and not saved. Y'all know my story. I remember four different denominational churches. Baptist, Methodist, Church of God in Christ, and Church of Living God. My feet had been washed. I had been anointed with all, wearing prayer cloth, and, and slain in the spirit, and lost in all of them. If y'all had seen me, y'all would have thought I was saved. I didn't drink, didn't smoke, and I'll stop right there. Amen. I can't go, can't go too much further. But I, you know, people know I don't say what it is. I didn't drink, <laughs> and I didn't smoke. That's it, right there. I'm gonna stop right there. That's all. I can't go no further. Amen. Amen. But I didn't do that. Amen. See, see. <laughs> You see, people normally emphasize what they didn't do. So I, I can't say nothing else. I didn't drink. <laughs> and I didn't smoke. And I will stop there. <laughs> Lost. <laughs> In the church. Sober. Then I tell y'all what I didn't do. I didn't drink. <laughs> And I didn't smoke. I didn't inhale either. I didn't smoke. But I was lost. Had a black heart. I was evil. 
I hated people. And I was laying in the bushes. Gonna try to even the score. Amen. You ain't got to raise your hand. But anybody else like that, you didn't drink, but you hated some folk. You hated not only white folk, you hated some Negroes, some Hispanic folk. You just, if I get a chance, I'm going to snatch a wig. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Amen. Some of y'all. <laughs> well, bless the Lord, man. But Jesus called us to salvation. He, he called us to salvation. He calls us to come to know him as Lord and Savior. And that was wrong with a whole lot of these people. Stop where start asking people point blank, are you saved? Because anybody who's saved does not mind talking about it. Any Golden State fan here this morning, they happy. Oh, we won. Ain't shot a ball or nothing, but I'm on team. We won. And every believer, man, we have been called from death unto life, and we like to talk about it. Amen. Amen. Like tell people, amen. And that's where he first calls us to salvation. Come to know. A lot of folk member of the church not saved. That's why you become part of our church. We don't assume. I know folk, you just shout and fall out. Still lost. Hey, my mama higher. Speaking to her. Hey, my mama higher. Hey, my mama higher. The most saved, amen. We'll crush you out. <laughs> amen. Looking at your wife, looking at your daughter. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. What's her name? How old is she? Thank you. Amen. That kind of stuff. Please. <laughs> that's, that's why discipleship moves us from, from first of all call to salvation and I'm just going to give the other one because I'm not going to have time I won't finish next Sunday is, is the, the, the second is the presentation of the call that's, that's verse number 19 he, the presentation of the call is the invitation Jesus gives us the invitation he gives us follow me and I will make you feel. That's the invitation from, from the Lord. A very simple invitation that he gives the Peter and Andrew and the James and the son of Zebedee. And Jesus is always taking the initiative. Follow me. See, when I got saved, I didn't find the Lord. Tell people around, I found the Lord. Well, you didn't find the Lord. <laughs> the Lord was not lost. You were lost. <laughs> you just came to your senses. <laughs> But he's been reaching for you for a long time. Amen. Remember when you complained about going to church all day on Sunday? That was God trying to reach you then, trying to get you then. He, he, start, he does the initiative. He gives the invitation. He extends the initiative. Come, follow me. Now we're telling these young single women, it's the man who does the initiating. Stop running these guys down. Amen. And then getting pregnant by him and all of a sudden you can't stand it. Well, where's the dad at? Well, we don't get along. Well, you got along. You got at least one night. <laughs> Go back and repeat that. You got along one night. <laughs> well, bless his name. Amen. Jesus, Jesus give us an invitation. Follow me. 
not only the invitation, but also notice the expectation. He, he expects them and us to follow him. That's why Jesus is not welcome in denominational churches. He's not welcome in religion. Because people want you to follow them. We are following Christ. Now get, don't get that confused now. Because whoever teaching or preaching, whether it's a prophet, apostle, <laughs> a prophetess, pastor, missionary, whoever teaching should be pointing you to Jesus, not to their ministry. Why he's not welcome? Because Jesus is not black and Baptist. He's not Kojic. He's not, he's not, he's not Methodist. He's Jesus. And Paul said, if you give Paul author of Hebrews 12 and 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. That's who I'm following. That's why I don't get all hung up when people, when Christians start messing up. I ain't going to stop going to church because of some Christian messed up. I'm not going to stop serving the Lord because some hypocrite mess up. Because I'm not following them. <laughs> Amen. Some of y'all so fickle, you see a saint out there. See one of our deacons or one of our preachers or one of our missionaries, one of our members buying some liquor. You simply say, hey, he go to St. James. And most of my members buy big old gallons of liquor. They come out. And <laughs> well, bless the Lord. And then ask you to open the trunk. Open the trunk for me. <laughs> hey, but I'm not going to stop coming to church because some Christians start drinking. Because I'm not following a man. I'm following Jesus. That's who I'm following. That's who I'm following. And he said, he said, expect, he expect us. Follow him. And Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. As a pastor, you're supposed to follow me as long as I'm following Christ. If I get up and start talking some old crazy stuff out of the Bible, you don't follow me. See, that's why a lot of folk are having problems. They're not following the leadership God set up. Amen. If you want to be blessed, you follow the leader as long as he's following Christ. Now, if I come out some Sunday morning and start talking about what we're going to do, we're going to all start jumping out of trees and y'all give me all your money and your liquor and your lottery. And you say, oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> That's wrong. <laughs> but I'm following Christ. See? Not the invitation, the expectation, and then the obligation. The obligation to follow. This is a spiritual obligation of every believer. I want you to get this because I'm just about finished with this. This is, this is the obligation. This is the spiritual obligation. See, some people just think it's the pastor's job to follow or the deacons. Where you go? I, I go to St. James, but I'm just a bench member. No, no. You have a spiritual obligation to follow Christ and to become a disciple. You see, there are some people, when I was in school, there are some people who would sign up just to audit the course. 
And you know what that is. You have an audit, of course. You just go in every day, pay your money, but you don't take any tests. <laughs> you don't have any homework because all you're doing is just observing the course. <laughs> you don't get no grade. It's there because you just want some information. And that's what a lot of folk are doing today in Christendom. They are just auditing the serve. They really, they want a little information. They want a little liver quiver. Just make me feel a little good. Woo! I feel something. Oh, I feel something. Oh, I feel, oh, I think I, but don't cause me to become a disciple. I, I want to keep doing what I'm doing. I want to keep hating folk I hate. I don't want to make any changes in my life. I don't want to share my faith with nobody. All I want to do is just come and audit the service, get a little information, and then I'm going home. And you may not see me next Sunday, but that's all I want to do. Just, uh, Jesus calls us. He invites us. He expects us. And we are on the spiritual obligation to follow him. Songwriter E.W. Blandy wrote, I can hear my Savior calling. I can hear my Savior calling. I can hear my Savior calling. Take up that cross and follow, follow me. Where he leads me, I will follow. I don't complain. I'm in Austin today. Not because I had any plan to ever live in Austin, don't have nothing against Austin, think Austin a good city. But I'm here today, not because Austin was on my bucket list. I'm here today because 46 years ago I told the Lord, where you lead me, I will follow. And I'll follow you all the way. Is there anybody here first of all this morning my first invitation is for discipleship. Uh, you've been saved, member of the church, but you are not being discipled. That's our first invitation this morning. And in the second invitation, if for those who have never committed your life to Christ, I was baptized by Reverend Franklin or Reverend McClendon, but I really never been saved. Because you'll know when you're saved. You're saved because you ask him to save you. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. First of all, our care discipleship people are coming and there may be someone, whatever uh, the music musician play, uh, you might want to come say, Reverend, I've been a member, I know I'm saved, but I'm not being disciple. I don't make prayer meeting, I don't come to Bible study, I don't come to church school, I'm not part of any small group. I need to be disciple." And then secondly, there may be someone here say, I'm not saved. If I was to die right now, I would not see his face in peace. Very serious thing. He loved you. He loved you so very much. And he calls you to be saved 
and to be a disciple. Amen. There's no greater joy than to tell people about Jesus. And we are a discipleship center. Also need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we've said what you told us to say. We've done what you told us to do. And we know it's not by power nor by might, but it's by your spirit. And the spirit says, come. There's somebody here who's been saved and all they have is just membership. They are not being discipled. You come today. And then there are those who are here who have never committed their lives to Christ. You can also come. He loves you. He's not angry at you. He wants to save you and make you into his disciple. Yes, I'm a follower of Christ. Some folk choose civil. Some people choose houses and land. But I've made Jesus my choice. Going on 46 years ago, I made Jesus my choice. Bless his name today. We thank you now. Reach out, catch your neighbor by the hand, pray for them. The devil trying to distract, devil trying to destroy, devil trying to defeat. But greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. The time that we have left, we need to be telling everybody about Christ. The only thing, the only person that can change this world is Jesus. No G7 conference, no conflict with Trump and Kim is going to change this world. Only Jesus can change a man's heart. So we thank you today. Help us to become disciples of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.